It's been a long day without you, my friend. And I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. We've come a long way. Oh, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. Yep. Everyone, let's uh, let's take a moment here and bid goodbye to the 2022-2023 Cleveland Browns uh, season with regards to the playoffs. The playoff hopes, yeah, it was exactly three months of playoff hopes. We will see you again, we hope. See you again. Yeah, we'll be back next year, but I guess... I can't laugh like I did the last few episodes because I'm just so tired. (laughs) I'm just so tired, man. My face hurts. My soul hurts. Um, Someone, someone, uh, a mutual friend, this got brought up. um, They found that I did a podcast, a Browns podcast, and they legitimately, and not like in an asshole way, they just looked at me and just go, why? (laughs) I'm like... (laughs) Well, because my therapist couldn't stand me talking about the Browns anymore. That's why we're here. Well, they bring up a good point, Kevin. But um, it was just such a such an innocent, like legitimate, like, why would you do that to yourself? But hey, welcome back to the Dogs War Podcast. Still the number one Browns podcast on the planet. You got Kevin. And Raleigh. And here we are to say farewell to another Brown season. Um, now that is three out of the four years we've been doing this podcast. So we can't say it's all our fault. We did get one time. It's not like the podcast is a jinx. Technically, our playoff record, like per, our playoff, what do you call it, percentage, batting average, um, as long as the podcast has been around, has been better than the Browns' playoff percentage in the past like 20 exponentially. years. Exponentially, yeah. We're 25%. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> We're beating the whatever – 123rd percent is whatever um, that is yeah hey all good things come to an end uh we couldn't beat the Bengals every single time we played them i there were some things that surprised me in that game the score really wasn't one of them we just never really got anything going uh for those of you living under a rock last sunday the your cleveland browns took on cincinnati Bengals in cincinnati final score 23 to 10 uh deshaun watson one touchdown one interception uh, Nick Chubb had a total of 34 yards on 14 attempts. Uh, Peoples-Jones had over 100 yards. As always, he's been uh, old faithful this season, catching anything that's thrown at him. That, uh, yeah, that's kind of about it. Uh, let's go Watson first. First off, I thought that he played better than his staff. He played better than the week before. He still obviously got some things to figure out, but you could tell there's some improvement. Yeah, I mean, he looked he looked confident. Yeah, he threw a pick, but the, the Chubb number was kind of a bummer, which uh, people are saying that's kind of a reflection of the O line's hurting the state of the the O line. Yeah, I'm like, okay, can we just not play the next however many weeks are left? And like everybody just no, we got rest. a month of this left. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> God. Well, so I mean, we kind of alluded to this a couple episodes ago. The fun part of this, the fun that can be refined, knock on wood, hopefully, will be seeing what Watson can do. Um, like it is, we're back to that preseason mentality. The playoffs are over, which it's frustrating. But guess what? If the Browns lose next week, which 
Kevin and I are both going to be there. It's not going to ruin your Sunday anymore because what dead can never die. We're already broken. We're already dead. Well, now we can just watch casually. And it won't ruin your Sunday because the game's on Saturday this week. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good call. But yes, Raleigh and I, as we sit here and memorialize this past season and talk about how depressed this team makes all of our lives, uh, we are both traveling into Cleveland for the game this Saturday. So see y'all there in the Muni lot. <laughs> hey, what's the, uh, what's your, uh, can, can we first off talk about that god awful fourth and one play? Yeah. We, yeah. And then, I've been yeah. thinking about this. We've been like, we're never going to be the guys to be like, this is what you should do on fourth and one. But holy shit, that's not what you should do on fourth and one, Kevin Stefanski. Third well and one, then fourth and one. Yeah. Jacoby is what? Outside of Tom Brady, probably the best QB sneaker that's in the NFL right now. The QB yeah. sneak is a pretty successful play when you look at it statistically, no matter who you are, even for the Browns. To do that on a third and one and fourth and one, and not just to not run that play, but to then throw an end zone bomb. <laughs> and that's what killed. I, I swear to God. Just, again, just so to keep people that may not know what we're talking about, it was fourth and one. I, I don't recall what the third and one was we took our 230 million dollar quarterback off the field and they put in Jacoby and they're kind of faking they were kind of faking the the run or faking the uh sneak which either one of them I guess I would have been okay with even though I think they should have taken the goddamn points and they just threw a bomb to the end zone and it was like what killed me one, putting in a, a cold quarterback to do that play, which clearly, I, I pray to God it wasn't a play that was called. There's two sides I've been hearing this week. One is that we did not have the right personnel on the field. It was not supposed to be Farrell Brown. It was supposed to be Bryant out there as tight end. And if that was the case, we didn't have the right people on the field. One, that's absurd at this point in the season. Hell, outside of September, that's absurd. Number two, that we didn't call timeout to fix things and just let that go on. And then... I. I it just doesn't make any sense. Why are we throwing end zone bobs on fourth and one? That we say, you said it. We say it all the time. We are not analysts. We are not here. We don't know anything about calling plays at any level of football. I will say Neither that was the coach. most. And I think he's in a phenomenal offensive play caller. We'll get to that. I just think it's the, the total game management that like people not on the field when they're supposed to be. He's buried in that play sheet. Blah blah blah. Anyway. Um, I just can't believe that's what we saw. And that was the most my jaw has dropped this season. Maybe even more than the Jets game. It wasn't as sad as the Jets game, of course, but just the fact that we did that on fourth and one. Um, So anyway, that being said, you bring up Stefanski. We are a great transition. uh, Big fans of transitions on this podcast. Where are you at right now with Stefanski? I've seen the Twitter polls. It's kind of a 60-40 for and against him coming back next year. Where are you at and taking into consideration with these these last four games coming up, too? Um, I was kind of on the fence. <clears throat> now I'm – now I think I want him gone. And if he were to stay, I would want there to be some, like, pretty set-in-stone con- conditions of why he would be allowed to stay and what would need to change. Um, but every time I run it in my head – not to harp on that last play, but th- this is a thought that hasn't really 
occurred to me, um, which, how do I say it? Imagine you're, I don't know, some kind of a military unit. You have a fearless general and that general's calling plays. And you're like, okay, I'm going to follow this guy and my boys to hell and back. And that guy calls the dumbest play of all time. Would you on the battlefield be like, what the hell is going on? Do we have to do this? I think that he should be, he should absolutely give up play calling. Not because he calls every play wrong, but he has to protect himself and protect the integrity of this ship from him doing stupid play calls. Like that play could have deflated the entire team. And it's like, how can you, how can they like respect him as a head coach, as a whatever, if he's calling fourth and one flea flickers to Jacoby, like you can, you can yell at a, you like if, if he would have been not calling plays and Van Pelt would have done it. He could we just like, lost. Yeah, it was a bad play call. And then everyone like on the team and the fan base. You can't hear me. No, no, I thought we lost you. We keep going. Can you hear me? Oh yeah. You're good. Basically if the coordinator or the play caller calls a bad play, which bad plays will be called at least the head coach and the team can blame a bad rep from the OC blame a bad call on the play caller. But it's like when it's the head coach doing it, it's, it's like, wow, that's, that's the guy who's in charge of us. And then panic ensues. I think everyone's panicking. I'm kind of panicking. And it's like, that's not like the only thing that's wrong with this team. You got the offense. Well, offense is decent most of the time when the O-line isn't completely shot and, We'll see how it shakes out with Watson. Defense is a mess. Special teams is a mess. And that all kind of falls under head coach. And he's just buried in that goddamn Denny's menu. It's like, what are you looking at? We need somebody that can lead a team. There are teams with lesser talent doing significantly better than this team. I, I think they need to change the narrative from like, oh, we're one D tackle away or we're one X player away. Like, no, they need to come together as a team and not be one of the penalty leaders in the NFL as a unit. And Stefanski is not doing that. So it's like, if he comes back, like, are you going to change that? The only way I could see him having a chance of changing that is if he gave up play calling. I don't see him doing it. So what the hell are we all doing here? Let's go. That's my thoughts. For me, with Stefanski, you can't find a quarterback that he hasn't elevated in the last several years. From, I mean, he can bring out the most in a quarterback. Deshaun's been here. We've had two games with Deshaun. He can't, doesn't count yet. Look at the quarterbacks he's taken the last few years and what he's done with their play. I want Stefanski's offensive game planning. And whether he's the one calling it into the headset on game day, it's still his offensive plan, whether it's him or Van Pelt calling it, right? It's not like Stefanski's because he's not calling plays. doesn't mean he's not having input or doesn't actually draw up the game plan. I want Stefanski still designing this offense. I just want to see, and I'm not, I don't know if I'm really ready to go back to take play calling away. Cause again, it, it's not taking the offense away from him. It's just the play calling part. And as a head coach, he still got the headset on. He can still override overrule any call that comes in. I just want to see what it would look like just for him to be able to focus on other things like the clock management, like the fourth and one stuff, the subs, just 
overall stuff, right? I'm not, he's not going over the defense and reading over and, and trying to no, not like that. Relax, everyone. I'm just saying he's still going to be playing in the offense again, whether he's calling it or not. I still want his offense. I just, yeah, want, to see agree. I, I, I just I want to see what it's like to have him just kind of take a step back for a game and see what happens when Van Pelt does it and see what happens to the rest of the team and the rest of the game. Um, these, uh, these next four games are, are huge. I mean, we didn't think it would be, we thought he'd get a full year with Deshaun after this year, regardless. If I had to bet, I would bet that's what he was told. We have no information on that, but you know, kind of what that was the handshake agreement coming in this year, because they realized he was given a shit situation to work with. However, all that being said, I still want Stefanski, but we need a new DC need new special teams. Again, not here to run people out of town. Both those people are, are solid individuals, but it, it just ain't working out. There's no discipline. There's no leadership. It's it, we're, we're dying in those areas of the ball. My thing, though, is Jimmy Haslam has proven to be the most impatient person when it comes to coaches and GMs, right? We've had like five coaches in 10 years, something like that. So no matter what we think, no matter what he says or the language we're getting or the vibe we're feeling from him, he could just as easily fire Stefanski after the last weekend in Pittsburgh this season. We can win out or we could go, you know, one and three the rest of the way or own four. It does not. Jimmy can go either way and it shouldn't surprise anyone at this point. Um, I can't go through another full reset right now, especially with essentially I mean, we're going to reset everything, right? That'd be a whole slew of things to come. Um, again, if I, my favorite, my idea situation is they tell Stefanski, Hey man, we got to try you not calling plays. We, we want your mind. We want your offense, but we need you to be cerebral elsewhere. And you got to get a new DC and special teams coordinator. So right now I'm on the Stefanski train still. Um, but you're fooling yourself. If you don't think Jimmy's getting wildly impatient and is getting more and closer and closer to pulling the plug here. Well, I, I don't think from what because we've uh, seen it, we've seen it. Said. We've now, seen him do it so many years. times. Yeah, we, we've seen it. I mean, Hugh, Hugh got the better part of three. I, I guess technically Hugh got what two. Hugh got a quiet extension and then four fired. games. <laughs> yeah, um, Freddie got one year. I mean, this is year three for Stefanski, and I don't think that pulling the plug on like it's frustrating it sucks that we're in this position where we're debating it but i i don't necessarily put it on jimmy like i, I would be interested to hear if stefanski were interviewing for his job what would he say or what would he recommend because as far as showing like changes in games throughout the season this team has literally not gotten better since week two the defense has shown up uh credit to joe woods sometimes i guess but something i can't not think about is like you and i were just talking heads everybody on twitter fans whatever we're all just kind of speculating well the only person that has authority to make true decisions as far as like on that affect this team during the game or during the off season, you have Stefanski, you have Barry and you have the coaching staff. Now this offense or the defense has been bad all three years, inconsistent at best with like the positive things showing as far as the defense goes was last year 
half the season. Who is evaluating the job that Woods does as far as, you know, the X's and all's play Depot. calling during it's the game? Depot. Depot's well pulling all these strings. Well, well, I mean, are they, like, looking at the defense and the special teams units and being like, yeah, great job, guys, because it's been three years. Like, this isn't Woods' first year. This isn't uh, Prefer's first year. They've just been shit, and it's like, so has the people evaluating them technically, and I think that comes to Stefanski, unless he's been, like, trying to get rid of Woods but hasn't been allowed to get rid of Woods. That doesn't seem plausible. Like, what are you doing outside of calling plays right some of the times? Because you're not coaching this team to a disciplined unit. And outside of Bill Callahan and the offensive line, like, what coaches are doing their job? Stub Mitchell, running back coach. Legend. That's like literally nobody has gotten better on defense. It's been you. You nailed it. You nailed it. No, I'm only cutting you, you off because drafting you're just, guys that don't get better. No, you nailed it. I was just I'm cutting you off because you're starting to go out again. But you nailed it. We have not gotten better since the start of the season. Off offense has been one of the more you know top ten efficiency. All that I understand that. I'm not worried about that. Especially with what's Watson here now, he'll get better. We'll figure this thing out. Defense special teams has just not gotten better at all. And overall, when you look at the operation from a 50,000-foot look down record, yeah, I realize Stefanski's had, what, five different quarterbacks now in his three years, COVID year, COVID years. We've gotten worse every year. The record's been worse every single year. And again, I'm not trying to throw anyone out of town here, but we don't – the clock is ticking. When Haslam puts a quarter of a billion dollars into one player, when we got – hi, Quinny. Everyone, please welcome our third co-host, uh, Quinn Davis. She is 10, 11 months old, maybe the youngest co-host we ever had. And she's teething. Dee Podesta is the one that is behind the scenes looking at all this stuff. And that's why I said on a couple episodes ago, there's like three different clicks inside this building, right? You got Depot and Jimmy doing their own thing. Then you got Barry and Stefan. It just, we'll see what happens. I am really kind of sick of hearing the word analytics all the time. They put so much weight into that. The last thing I'll say about Stefanski yeah. is I'm only getting worried because some of the biggest proponents and cheerleaders of his in the city from people, writers, radio people, some of them are starting to start to, uh, to teeter now. Um, so we'll see, but Hey, it's hard to defend him, dude. At least we got that easy Ravens defense to play on Saturday, right? Saturday <laughs> four was at four thirty PM. And I, that was sarcasm folks. Welcome to the show. Ravens coming to town. Raleigh and I will be there on Saturday. We're favored somehow by three points. Um, Lamar Jackson will not be playing. Of course, he's still hurt. Um, not that has ever, you know, helped us in the past or anything. But I am not gravely worried about this game. Um, not as I don't give a not saying I don't care about the game. I'm going to watch it. We're going to be at the game. Um, I don't know if it's because we're playing against Rover. Yeah. Hey, Raleigh and I will both be there. I don't know where I'm sitting yet. I don't know where you're sitting yet. Follow along. Uh, and if you want to see where the pregame is at angry Browns fans on Instagram, I'm sure we'll be in Muni lot or elsewhere. Um, all listeners come on up, get a, get, we'll do a drink together. If you're of legal age, of course. Um, so yeah, here we go. It'd be easy. What do you think the, our final record is going to be? There's a question we're going to end with. What are we at now? Five wins. Uh, we're five and eight right now with four to play. It'd be sweet if they could get to nine, but how do what do we got? 
we got Ravens, we got Bengals, no. we got not no no, no. Ra- Steelers, Ravens, Saints. Uh, what's wrong with me? Ra- we go Rave or this week is Ravens, uh, Saints, Washington, Pittsburgh. God, what a winnable dude! This whole schedule that, See, that's we can go four and zero or zero and four. It would not surprise me one way or the other. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's I going back on what we were talking about with Stefanski. I'm looking at this as a tryout for his head coaching job next year. And we didn't think it was going to be, but it is now. Yeah. And like, all right, let's see what you can do. It's so frustrating that this season compared to years past, they had a pretty very, very, very favorable season. And they're showing up with this mediocre at best record. And it's like, dude, you know, next year we're going to be like playing the defending Super Bowl champs game one or something stupid. It's going to be the longest off season, even longer than the last one. Uh, I'm telling everyone right now. We got to end on a positive note. Yeah, true. Also, oh, here's one. I saw some scenario could be BS. It is Twitter. Some scenario where a certain, if we lose a certain amount of games in these last few, like we're locked in for a game at Vegas next year, I'm in for that. <laughs> we're going to that. Anyway, my prediction, um, I'm sorry, folks. I'm, I'm going, and, and this is me being very, very, very nice. I'm going 7-10 and 10 is our final. We're 5-8 and eight right now, 4 to play. 7-10, and 10, I wouldn't be surprised with 6-11 and 11 either. I just, why, what have they shown that would make me change my mind? Yeah, no, that's uh, that seems like a here's a positive. What I would go with. Let's just play spoiler. We knocked the Ravens around on Saturday. I mean, we start messing with their playoff stuff. So let's just think about that. We're back to what the old, you know, we always played playoff spoiler the best we could. Not that we ever really did it, but that's something we can look forward to. <laughs> um, anyway, that's all yeah. I got. We will have obviously we're going to be here the rest of the season with you all. Uh, we will be at the game on Saturday. Uh, I will be at the game on Christmas Eve because I, yeah, I'm just not very bright. Um, for Raleigh, for Quinn, for myself, they listen to Dogs of War podcast. See you Saturday. Go Browns and good night, Cleveland. <laughs>